Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. From the beautiful La Quinta Inn and Suites in Tinley Park, Chicago, it's See You on the Other Side, live from the Chicago Dark Shores Ghost Conference. Um, this is Mike, and I'm here with my sister, Allison. Hello, everyone in Radioland. And another guide and representative of Milwaukee Ghosts. You want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Stephanie Mendoza. I'm one of the leaders down in the Third Ward Ghost Tour. And uh, we were all down at the Chicago Ghost Conference today, and we just thought talk a little bit about some of the stuff we've seen. Now, it's a Stephanie's first paranormal convention. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, that was great. What were, you, what were you expecting at a paranormal convention? Well, um, it's, it was my first big convention um, that I'd attended as far as paranormal things go. So I really had no idea what was going to happen. So I just went, and I was... Just had in mind, like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to spend the day there, just experience things, take it all in, and... Okay, yeah. so you weren't thinking, like, we were going to have a, like, a seance or anything like that, right. or a resurrection, or... Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Good. And, Allison, which ones have you been to before? Oh, uh, well, I, I think I first started going um, in the early 2000s to uh, Troy Taylor's events down in Alton, Illinois. Okay. So he had a lot of uh, conferences there um, and events and tours. And, and I think I think that's that's when I first started. Yeah, and Alton's, Alton's fun. Uh, we'll put a link to, uh, we went down to Alton and uh, did an interview with one of Troy's guides, Luke Nalborski, and uh, played a show at a haunted coffee house in Alton. And I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah, and um, he still has the American Ghost Society Conference every year. And th- is that in Alton? Well, you know what? Uh, it used to be in Alton, and then he moved it to Decatur, and I'm not sure where where it was this year. But okay. I always hope it, it goes back to to Alton because that has you know so much um, uh, Mississippi River. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's like going to it's like going to a yeah. ghost convention with Mark Twain. Like right, absolutely. Shows, and he shows up, says something char- clever, and yeah. vanishes. Who is more charming than Mark Twain? <laughs> no one. No one. Okay, but um, we are in the windy, the windy city today, and so um, Allison and Stephanie came in today and joined me. But I was here flying solo last yeah, on night Friday. on Friday at the for the first night of the conference, and let me tell you a little bit. Some of the stuff we saw there did, that... Did you uh, do a lot of, like, um, kissing babies, shaking hands, or shaking babies, kissing hands? <laughs> there was a lot of shaking, a lot of shaking babies. Um, <laughs> no, some pretty upset mothers <laughs> yeah, at Gaelic Park. It's, it's held at a... Um, you know, it's funny when you're in a larger city. So it's, it's held at a place called Gaelic Park, which is an Irish-themed kind of convention center kind of thing. And there's real Irish people. And you, it's always weird to find real Irish people. It is. It's like finding the... It's like, I got the lucky charms, guys. I got them. No. What's weird about it is just that, um, like in, in Madison, uh, you just don't get a lot of the immigrants kind of thing. So yeah, you don't, so you don't see, get a lot of diversity. Right. So it's usually, it's like, hey, where are you from? Well, I'm, I'm from uh, uh, Boston. Uh, okay. You know, and that's about <laughs> it. So it's nice to see like a different, uh, like a whole bunch of different kind of people. And that's always one of the fun things about the big city. It's like an Irish bar and there's actually Irish people hanging out at the bar. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing here? You know, like, why are you in an Irish bar? Like, um, but because at home you're used to like, you know, uh, anyway, it's just a lot of fun. And so I thought that was cool. I thought Gaelic Park was a really cool venue. Um, and and so, so the first thing we uh, saw yesterday is um, yeah, a, a, an interview by Dave Schrader. So Darkness Day from Darkness Radio is a, a Minneapolis uh, radio show. And, and Dave Schrader is also on Coast to Coast AM now on some Saturday nights. Right, on Saturday yeah. nights, right? Yeah, on, usually on Saturdays, and and he is bringing in the, the great guest to coast to coast. Yes, so I'll make I'll make sure to tell him that tonight when I see him at the party. Yes, we're going to the yes. we're going to a masquerade ball. This, That's this is, right. This is Tom the is your favorite dead person. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so he's doing the remarks. But the, the first thing I saw him do last night was an interview with uh, a priest, Father Michael um, Magano, Magano, yeah, Ma- it was yeah, Magano, something like that. And <laughs> I butcher his name. Sorry, sorry, Father. But I mean, he's a father. He's but he'll he, understand. And he father should be. Him. He should be used to forgiving people. Like that's, that's right. his. That's what he that's does. That's his job. He's a professional forgiver. Right. He is a confessor. <laughs> um, okay. So he was the priest involved with the exorcism. So last year, in, or last year, the year before, in Gary, Indiana, there was this house where this, these two kids were possessed. Okay, and they called it the Indiana Demon House, because you know why make kids feel weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the Indiana, so they called the Indiana Demon House, and the family was already having some trouble. Like the they were trying to take the kids away from the mother, but what was happening was yeah, um, and they were living in poverty. Right. This is not so, so a lot of um, not a life other, of privilege. Other more terrestrial uh, challenges they were facing. There was things going wrong. That's absolutely right. right. And so. Um, the social workers checking stuff out, like started getting freaked out because the kids were talking in weird voices. Um, they were saying things that they shouldn't know or understand. And also, when the kids went to the doctor once, one of the boys started walking backwards up a wall. Okay, Whoa. and this is the doctor that claimed and, it. And this was wow. witnessed, you know, by right. This wasn't witnessed by some drunk by dude on the street. Like, hey, people hey. in a clinical situation. Is there a kid's climbing up a wall? <laughs> yes, yeah. And, and predates Spider-Man. <laughs> right, yeah, like, and that was the joke because um, when the, when the priest was talking about, it, he's like, "That's when they called me because the social workers realized that there was something, you know, they they didn't understand something at all. Something unnatural happening." And uh, then let Dave Schrader made the joke. He's like, well, it's not unnatural if you're Spider-Man. And then I was like, ha, ha. Anyway, it was a good joke. Uh, but it was really interesting because he goes through and he had to learn how to be an exorcist. And he, had to, and, he, and he just went in and did the rites. And he said the kids would freak out for a while. And then all of a sudden, they just fall asleep. And they did it three times. And after the third time, I think they did it one, once more and they didn't have anything weird happened to them after that. So the kind of, I guess, the exorcism worked. But having him tell the story, that, that, I thought that was a really good interview. And I'm interested in the. So Zach Baggins has now bought the Demon House. That's right. So yeah. he's going to be moving in, I guess, to the <laughs> Demon House. Now, so it was a good story. The only part I really found kind of unbelievable was that the father was talking about the mother was doing some research on her own on the Internet, and she was looking through a list of demon names. And said that when she got to a certain demon with that, that thought that that would be the one that would take over her kids, the computer shut down. And so she rebooted the computer, went back, and did it. You know, looked again, and the computer shut down. And so then, okay, well, that's just what she says. What does the priest say? The priest's like, I couldn't get the thing to print. So he tried to do it himself, and he couldn't get the the list of demon names to print. Uh, I, I guess he shouldn't use like the archdiocese like Mac or whatever. Like it's like the it's like it's so evil. Like it can't even come out of the church's printer. Well, you could still write the name down, right? With well, a pen and, and and paper, maybe. But, well, right. But he uh, he so he, pr- he finally figured it out. He said after like ten tries, it finally worked. And I'm like, okay, you 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 really uh, wore that demon down with you know um, your computer skills, father. <laughs> but what he uh, he wouldn't say the name. Yeah. You know, because it's like in The Exorcist, it's well, like Pazuzu or whatever. That, that's not that's not unusual, though. I mean, you don't want to. Well, you know, people who are of that faith, uh, you know, often consider that if you say a demon's name, you give it power, you call it in. Well, there's also another aspect of it where when a priest is in the middle of an exorcism, um, they sometimes demand that the demon name him or herself. Okay. So that they also have power over that demon and therefore are able to cast that spirit out of said person's body. Uh, so it's one of those double-edged swords where all, all you right. can give the demon power by acknowledging its existence, but at the same time, it gives you that opportunity to kind of take hold and kick it out. Sure, because if you if you can name something, then you can... That's um, To get the pop culture side in here, there's a great book series by a Wisconsin author named Patrick Rothfuss. And the, the first book is called The Name of the Wind. And the, the, it has like a magic school. Not, I mean, not like Harry Potter, because this is way better than Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but uh, learning the name of the wind means you can manip- manipulate things and stuff like that. So, so the names are very powerful. They are. It's just, uh, in magical thought. 
circles. So, in magical thought circles. So right. I can understand why he wouldn't want to give that out. Well, I wanted to right. look it up. I'm like, let's I see know, it. Let's see a picture or something like that. Like, is it? See, that's how it gets you, though. Right, like, like all of a sudden, I gotta know which he, one it is. Like the then, claw comes to the phone. <laughs> you had to know. It's like curiosity killed the mic. <laughs> right, it's just, it's just Google. It's just Google. Um, Google will never hurt you. Right, no, they'll it's just. Your friend. Yeah, until they spy ah, on you. That's right. Okay, so that was great. There was also a little documentary on Bachelor's Grove, which is a cemetery here in Chicago. And it's right across the street from Gaelic Park, the, the convention center. And it has a ton of stories in it. It's, it's a graveyard. It's also, you know, everything in Chicago is related to the mafia. Yeah. So it's, it, <laughs> yeah. it supposedly has a, a violent history in historical fact and also in legend is known for, you know, numerous ghost stories of many varieties. There's a famous ghost picture from Bachelor's Grove and that will link to that. And they discussed that. There was the woman who took the picture was also there last night and they had a little interview with her. So they had a little documentary about Bachelors Grove, the Shadow Hunters group. And okay, so when they were trying to talk to the, the ghost, they were using this thing called like an EMP box. And I hadn't heard of it before or anything. But it's like something that, that supposedly can detect very small changes in the electromagnetic field. Maybe so is that like a, a, a geophone or I think that's another name. For we're, out of, we're out of my... Yeah, sorry. Right on my league here. Like, is it a guitar? I know about those. <laughs> so what happening was uh, they were asking this thing. They're like, is there a spirit here and stuff? And all of a sudden they were like it was like it was talking back to them. And they had a motion detector with them, too. And so they would say, like, OK, if you're here, try to trip the motion detector. And then like 10 seconds later, it would trip the motion detector. And so I thought it was a, it was a pretty interesting documentary. And I think they're going to have it on YouTube or whatever. But I think what got me on it was... How many times did they ask it and it didn't say anything? You know what I mean? Like, okay, talk to me. Okay. Well, let's, let's try it again. If you're here, say something. Nothing. You know, like, was there two hours of that? And then just one time or several times? Like, it was pretty interesting. And they're all there and they're taking EVPs and the EVPs are all saying stuff, you know. So it's, it, it's an interesting little documentary, and the team was there that took it, and I was part of it. And then the last thing was a presentation by uh, Christopher Fleming from Dead Famous. And he kind of did a, like a motivational speaker psychic thing, talking about how you have to kind of visualize stuff and you have to believe in yourself. And how different times in his life that he believed in things, and he said he's been seeing spirits since he's been five years old. So anyway, I'm going to try to get Chris on the phone. I talked to him about doing an interview because he's got a paranormal event coming in Chicago where they're having a haunted house at an actual haunted house. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And so he's going to... Double whammy. Yeah, it's a double whammy. <laughs> like it's supposed to be scary and then it's supposed to be scary. Yeah, that's right. It's like fake no, scary. No, we really mean it. <laughs> fake scary and real scary. So uh, we're going to talk about that. All right. So today you guys get there. Tell me a little bit about what we saw. I was just drinking Guinness the whole time. I'm not even, you know, I haven't been paying attention. Well, we started out with uh, Scott Greenwald from Paranormal Paparazzi, and I don't know much about him. He seemed like a pretty funny guy, but I came in near the end of the talk, and then... We'll, uh, put, we'll put a link to him, because Scott Greenwald, yeah. he was pretty funny. He made fun of me. Yes, which, like, which you love. I was wearing a scarf, and he's like, you, sir, you look like a musician. <laughs> And I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, you play guitar. I could tell by the calluses on your fingers. And then he said something uh, rude. Untoward. Un- untoward. <laughs> Non-PG. And it was pretty funny. Like, he was just a, he's just a wild man. So I, I, I'd i go see more of his stuff. And we'll link to Scott Grunwald in the show notes. Yeah. And then, of course, we saw Milwaukee's own T. Krulos. Yes. Who was talking about um, his book, Monster Hunters, and talked a lot about uh, the haunts in Milwaukee. And gave me a lot of shout outs, actually. He did. He so. was like, Allison, because he was doing Haunted Milwaukee. You were right there. Right. And he got a bunch of his stories from you. Right. But it was so, so he's like, nice. shout out. Like, what I wanted to do, though, is he's like, oh, Allison Jordan from Milwaukee Ghost House. I was thinking, like, stand up. Stand up no. and, like, and, like, run around and be like, that's me, baby. <laughs> that's that. me. <laughs> take my tour, yo. Take it. Take my tour. <laughs> take my tour, yo. Take my tour. If no, I would have gotten I was, there sooner, I would have been like, this lady, right here. No, yeah, right I was, here. Right. I was like, 
shrinking down in my seat. Oh, I'm coming but here incommunicado. He, and so at T, we we interviewed T um, not only for the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, but also on his book Real Life Superheroes. Um, and that's episode Heroes in the Night twenty five. Yeah, Heroes in the Night: The Stories of the Real Life Superhero Movement. And so we'll link to that in the show notes too, because he's a super nice guy, and funny, and uh, he put on a great presentation today. And it's always good to see haunted Milwaukee anywhere. You know, it's nice to see. You know, Absolutely, it's time oh. we got our props, yo. <laughs> Woo! That's right. So, so T was good, and uh, there was a, the presentation of a ghost box after that. Now, what's a ghost box? Well, um, the variety I know best is the kind that actually randomly switches through uh, radio stations Mm -hmm. and then catches a little snippet of words from the radio station. And um, so to me, it's interesting. Oh, don't worry about that stuff here in the background. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Somebody, we're all... Somebody's making new ghost stories in Chicago yeah. tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it's not us, though. We're, we're okay. Yep. <laughs> Very <laughs> busy, dangerous, dangerous place. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, the things we do for you people. That's right. We risk our very lives. Uh Yeah, well, it's getting very close, actually. Yeah, no. But... Uh, didn't you hear the guy next to Gunshot next door? I'm just kidding. The look in her eyes was great. Like, what? For what? real? I heard banging on the walls. Yeah. yeah, no, they're just having a good time. Oh, okay. I was okay. alarmed. So the ghost box. Now, yeah. this is a radio-like thing. Now, does it go through the radio stations, or does the ghost turn the radio stations? Is it like, not that song, this song? I, as far as my knowledge on the ghost box is that it randomly switches, kind of like an iPod on shuffle. Okay. And it just kind of goes constantly through these radio stations so it doesn't have enough time to actually for you to actually hear like a full sentence or word that someone might be broadcasting um it also has that ability to go through white noise so that snowy channel you see on Mm -hmm. your tv where you get nothing but that um it also gets that and if the spirit can manifest itself well enough it can actually pick and throw out words in the middle of this white noise, which is nothing. Okay. Um, so that's my typical understanding of it. And some people can actually make their own ghost boxes at home. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how to do that yet. Okay. Well, uh, I'll look for that and I'll Google <laughs> that and we'll put that in the show notes. Make your own, make your own ghost box at home, and you can have your own ghost party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, okay. The okay so the thing is, like, if okay, no, no, let's no, I'm alive. Right, I'm one of those yeah. people that's alive. Yeah. And if somebody said, like, I want you to pick out some words here with a radio station, I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, like how, I guess, on the other side, time doesn't exist, you know, or whatever, so that they can be like, okay, stop it here, stop it here. I've never worked with a ghost box before. Allison, you have? I, I have, yes. And, uh, well, I, I'm really not sure what to make of it. I mean, I, mean, I understand that, that re- some researchers believe that uh, that ghosts will use anything they have, like white noise, static, to manifest. To you know, they they need something to be able to form words that we can hear. Mm-hmm. So they're using that medium to communicate. So, but I don't know what I think about that. It could be just playing into our pattern-seeking nature as human beings. So a different kind of pareidolia. Sure, but did you experience something weird with the ghost box? You, you, well, nobody's going to bust you and be like, Allison believes in crazy well, stuff. They already I, think you believe in crazy uh, stuff. Well, that is true. They, they already put together a ghost tour. Uh, yeah, well, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, it just means, you know, like good stories. Uh, well, uh, what do I have to say about it? Well, I... The one time I did use one, I mean, uh, a friend of mine had recently died. He doesn't have a very unusual name, but, you know, I was wondering if just because he had passed and I was feeling bad about it and, and, you know, the opportunity was there. So I wanted to see if, if, you know, he could come through and I'm not sure that he did, but his name was repeated more than a couple times, like two or three times, okay. at least two. Okay, but, so you don't know so what it was, but there was unusual. something. Yeah, it was unusual to hear a name, you know, more than once, I would say. Okay, have you ever played with the ghost box, Stephanie? 
Not yet, okay. but I want to. All right, then you're <laughs> going to build your own ghost box, the DIY. I'll be looking for that link. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, that's okay. That. So a little personal experience with ghost boxes. I've never dealt with it, and they, they talked about that today. Um, after that, at noon, there was the Paranormal Chicago kind of roundtable. It was hosted by Scott Marcus, who we've had on the show. We talked about lacrosse's hidden truth. Scott was in the movie about that. That's right. Um, another thing, another link for the show notes <laughs> there. Uh, so you can go back and do some, some deep listening of See You on the Other Side. Yeah, See You um, on the Other Side. Deep cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he, he hosted that because he's a Chicagoan. And uh, Ursula Bielski, who is the Chicago haunted lady. The Ghost one, goddess. Yeah, she's the one that put this whole thing together. Uh, she's on the panel. And there also was... Virginia Madsen, yes. the actress Yes, on the stars panel. of such films as Candyman mm-hmm. and also The Haunting in Connecticut. Yep, and, and the brother of Michael Madsen. Oh, oh, you mean the sister of oh Michael Oh my God, Madsen. yes, the sister of Michael Madsen. <laughs> and if you don't know who Michael Madsen is, just think Reservoir Dogs, the guy that cuts the dude's ear off. Yeah. So he's dancing around. Everybody uh, knows that guy. Stuck in the middle with cutting your ear off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the guy. <laughs> Um, and but Virginia Madsen's had a really cool career. I mean, Candyman was a great movie. We talk about it in the Charlie Charlie episode. Um, we talk about Bloody Mary and and the different kinds of media and pop culture that have been inspired by these games we used to play as kids, like Bloody Mary or Stiff as a Feather and, and Light fo- as a Board. Yeah, folklore. Yeah, mm-hmm. Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. That was a classic. Yeah, and and so uh, she was there, and she was talking about some of her own experiences, like on the set, haunting in Connecticut. They were. Uh, actually staying in a haunted hotel. And and she goes in and, and talks about how she kind of told the spirit that she didn't want to be bothered, and everybody else on the cast was bothered, asked to change yeah. rooms. Well, well, she specifically sent the spirit to the producer down the hall. Right, so she must have <laughs> loved that guy. Allegedly. No, <laughs> right. no, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I got it on tape. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty... So that was cool, and it's always fun to have a little celebrity show up. Right, right, a little celebrity gossip, but apparently the producer did have to move rooms as a result. So it worked. Yeah. Yes. So whatever he did to make her mad, she got him back. Yes, she got even. But uh, no. Don't mess with Virginia. No, and so she's a good actress. Uh, Oh, she's in Sideways, too, with Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah, Sideways. And the Merlot. Yeah, and the Garrison Keillor movie, don't forget. Prairie Home Companion. Yep. How can we forget when we're talking about Minnesota? Absolutely. So uh, that was fun. They talked about H.H. H. Holmes, which you don't know is like a, sh- a Chicago legendary murderer. Yes, the murder castle. Right. There's a book called The Devil in the White City. Yeah. And uh, that, I mean, that probably deserves its own episode. Right. You know, one and time. It's about the killings um, that he perpetrated uh, during the World's Fair in Chicago. So anyway... A lot of, lot of haunted history in Chicago, and they talked about that. Then it was a presentation by Christopher St. John Booth. Yes. Who is an interesting documentarian. Yeah, Alice, I think there's bought, a John you, is there. Is, that, is, is there a Saint John jo- in there? Let me look oh, at the book. Okay, maybe it's just Christopher Booth. Uh, I have Christopher, Christopher Saint Booth. Booth. Christopher. We're putting an extra, saint, giving him an extra saint. Okay, Christopher Saint Booth. We're going to have him on the show, too. He's a super nice guy. And he sounds like he's, he's an English guy. He's a documentarian. Or he's a, he's a yeah. UK guy. Yeah. And he's got a... We love he, the Brits. We, we do. Shout out to the Brits. We do. The last episode was a, a feature with Robbie Graham from the UK. And I had to do a Skype conference with him in the UK. He's like, hello, mate. No, he oh. didn't say anything like that. He was just very <laughs> Does pleasant. he have a delicious accent? <laughs> we would, he had a, no, a lovely Surrey accent. <laughs> so he's, a, he's one of those... Like a rock and roll ghost hunter or something like that. Yeah. Not, not, not like not a like rock me. Rock and roll ghost filmmaker. No, I'm like, I'm like a ghost hunter that plays music. He's like one of those dudes that's like a like a rock and roll ghost. Like he has a attitude and uh, makeup and cowboy hat and a certain outfit and stuff like that's that. That's right. It's, mm-hmm. it's you He's know it's pretty a cool. He's certain like a, fashion working. For yeah, him. like a and he had like steampunk girls with him. Yeah. yeah. And so it's very it, popular booth. Yeah, very very <laughs> popular. But it's. It, very popular booth for Mr. Booth. That's right. So interesting guy, and he and he talks. Now you bought one of his books too today, Alice. I did. I I bought the Exorcist Diary, the true story of the Exorcist, and I'm really excited about it uh, because um, you know you might not know, but the the movie The Exorcist is based on a real case in 1949. Uh, 
and it involved the exorcism of a boy, uh, not a young girl, but uh, the writer of The Exorcist. But, but still also yeah. a lot of split pea soup flying out of his oh, mouth. Oh, sure, of course. Well, I'm not sure about that, but there, <laughs> there was some some violence. Um, so uh, William Peter Blatty, I hope I'm getting that yeah, right. Yeah, William Peter Blatty wrote The Exorcist. Yes, he, he wrote The Exorcist, and after he had heard about that real case in, in 1949, which has some connections to the Midwest. Um, the exorcism actually took place in St. Louis at the Alexian, Alexian Brothers Hospital. And, um, and and the way that Christopher was sent, he kept on saying St. Louis. Oh, he and did, St. Louis. He kept on saying like, oh yeah, you know, St. Louis. And I kept on getting distracted because <laughs> I kept on, I was in, in, in high school, I was in Meet Me in St. Louis, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I just kept on thinking about that stupid play. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't even have a good so part. He, he took you on a little trip. He back, did. back down uh, memory lane. A little back to the past. That's with, right. With, but so, so you got that book because he wrote, just wrote a book on the real story behind The Exorcist. Well, uh, my understanding of what it is, um, it, it says it's a, a diary, and I'm hoping that uh, it says it's um, the, a real diary of, of um, The Exorcism. So what I'm hoping it is I'm as sure told by the victim's little sister or something well, like that. Well, no, like, Dear by, diary, by one of the today my brother <laughs> put, stuck a crucifix in my back, or you know what is it? Well, anyway, what I'm hoping it is is the diary of one of the priests involved in the exorcism. Yes. So I'm not quite sure. Dear but diary, that's what I was looking dear, for when can I you bought talk it. Talk to the Pope and have him let us finally date women, please, yes. dear diary. So I, uh, you know, that's what I'm hoping. It is, and I think, you know, I'm looking through it right now. Yeah, it does very much look like a play-by-play. Of the exorcism. Of the exorcism. Okay, cool. And uh, one of the things that happened was, um, so this young boy was uh, actually in a bed at the Alexian Brothers Hospital, and he was being prayed over by a priest, and then somehow he was able to... um, reach under the bed and get like um, one of the springs and and pull out that long metal piece and slash one of the priests from wrist to elbow with is that when the priest's that. like that's it you get to burn in hell yeah it. you know what i don't your soul I'm, don't care that's right you know how many <laughs> stitches i had to get um right yeah no forgiveness yeah. buddy yeah, so I'm really excited to, to read more about the okay. actual exorcist case. That that sounds really cool. And he's also, uh, he's done documentaries about um, skinwalkers. Yeah, um, which, and then Children of the Grave, which was about uh, institutionalized children that were sometimes buried in mass graves and, and you know, had no one to mourn for them. Uh, but yeah, he's got a lot of different documentaries, and he's he does a lot of stuff for the Sci Fi Channel. That's right, and so. Chiller. Oh yeah, and Chiller. Yeah, don't forget Chiller. No, I I don't have cable anymore. I cut the cords. Oh so I don't have... my gosh, how do you live? Uh, BitTorrent. Oh, BitTorrent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to actually say that. Oh, I pay you, for you, the shows I like. You just you just look at BitTorrent. I just right. right I look, yeah. look and say, oh, if I was to steal TV. That's right. This, this is, is where, where I'd I go. Steal from. That's right. <laughs> No, that's okay. I just do that with uh, Showtime shows because I'm not going to pay for that. Oh, right. <laughs> like, I'll pay for it. You know. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh, so a editorial comments. Yeah, that was an interesting thing, and he kind of, he kind of brings it into a little bit, kind of like the speech last night with motivational. He had a little bit of motivation stuff in his yeah. speech, talking about balance in life. Surprised and, at that turn. Yeah, and he goes because he goes in and says, you know, a lot of people believe in God but don't believe in the devil. Yeah. And he goes, you really can't have one without the other. Yeah, he, he thought it was really important to, you know, maintain the dichotomy, maintain the duality. So he's a, a more a Taoist? Oh, well, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think it's just straight up Christian duality. Okay. Sure, right, because a Taoist would be like, well, the devil has his good points. Yeah. And a Christian's not going to be like, hey, man, that was all right with me. Right, absolutely. So, so yeah, it was, you know, certainly a, a perspective uh, that we've we've been used to, um, but it's 
was funny to just hear somebody come out so strongly that there has to be this dichotomy and that's why you should believe in the devil. And I was thinking the whole time, the Yazidi man, the Yazidi. Yep, the Yazidi. The, the devil's reconciled. Just let it go. Yep, the, with the Yazidi, the devil's back in the fold. That's and right. We, you can also and, I'll link to that episode in the show notes. Uh, sympathy he, for the devil. Right, and evil is only in the hearts of men. Okay, well, he certainly said that man can do something worse than the devil can imagine. Or was something like that, like man is much worse than the devil is part of, part of the things he, he was saying today. So the, uh, the headliner today was Ghost Adventures Jeff Belanger. Yes. And he, he you has, should have seen what a fangirl oh Allison was. God. I thought Come it on. was David Cassidy and you were like the Partridge family. <laughs> okay. Like, Come you know, on, just stop. You were like, oh my God, like Justin Bieber, I love you. <laughs> yeah, she he's, were, he's the you paranormal were, world equivalent, I guess. <laughs> pretty much. Oh She's a Belanger, not a Belieber. <laughs> Is that the thing? Anyway, he I had have a, a lot of respect for him. Come absolutely. on, he's, he, no, he's, you gotta you gotta admit that presentation was killer. I have a ton yeah. of respect for. I think he, I think he's was a brilliant presentation. I think he t- definitely does his research. A uh, great speaker. He's a musician too. Like he was and talking about. Like other people that might be involved in certain TV shows, he's a nice guy. Yes, he's a comp- no. He was he was a fantastic guy. Great with the fans. I I really. I'm, I'm, I'm making fun, but, but yes, he, he oh was, his, uh, his, his presentation really was, was outstanding. And he even told us a behind the scenes story that he played at a benefit concert with Eddie Money. Oh, that's right. I forgot about he, that. He, he has a song, a Christmas song on a, a compilation album. And he said, we went out to promote it and Eddie Money was the headliner. And first of all, he gave Eddie Money his props because he's like, man, Eddie Money's got more hits, man. You can't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, Eddie Money, he's got two tickets to paradise, baby. Or he's um, just like Ronnie said, be my little baby. Yeah, take me home tonight. <laughs> take me home tonight. Take me home. Oh, it's too bad Wendy's not here. She loves that song. So anyway, but he said that he played a show with Eddie Money and Eddie Money looks like a homeless guy. <laughs> Oh, that made me so sad. He just said that he just, Eddie Money, well, you guys have seen the Osbournes, right? Yeah. See, Ozzy, Sharon, where am I? Oh my God, Sharon, Well, he has Sharon, though. Right. Who does Eddie have? Who does Eddie have? Is there a Mrs. Money? Where's Ronnie? Is Ronnie going to be his little baby and take care of him? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I think Ozzy's fine because Sharon will whip him in the shape. Yes. But he, it just made it, he he said, but he was able to go up there and put on the concert and stuff, but he said just... You wouldn't expect to see Eddie Money like that. And I don't mean to call out Eddie Money on the podcast, but if he wants to come on here and defend himself, he is more than welcome. And we will, I'll make him play a little acoustic. We love too. you, Eddie. We do. He's got some great songs. But anyway, so I was going to say, so Jeff Blunder, not only a great presentation, also a man that played with Eddie Money, had a story for us. What was your favorite part about Jeff's presentation today? Both of you guys. Not at the same time. Um, well, oh, man, he... We laughed. We cried. Was, she did cry near the end. Okay. It was emotional. <laughs> he had a really emotional part in the presentation. And it was beautiful because it was about, you know, connecting people to um, loved ones that they had lost and, you know, history that had been lost. And, you know, and it was really, uh, I was like, wow, I want to be this guy. I mean, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Because He's a he, rock star. He's yeah, a rock star. Because, because he you know, embodies what I believe about ghost stories and how they can be used to remember people in a respectful way. Okay, that's great. Um, I think my favorite part was um, the way he explained trying to explain to other people the concept of ghosts. Um, Like, I can't bottle a ghost and show you the same way I can't bottle the wind and show you it exists. Uh, I think that's what he said. Um, and I, I loved that idea because there are so many things uh, around us that we acknowledge that exist but can't physically touch or put somewhere to explain to someone. And just his passion about like what Allison said is the stories that we continue to tell about these ghosts and passing them on um, because they are these delicate parts of our history mm-hmm. um, and they should be retold and remembered and remembered uh, because they they make up the community that's cool I, I liked his White House stuff oh, he, yeah. he went in awesome. there he had some funny jokes 
about how the president is elected. So they're not background <laughs> checked, drug tested, you know, anything like that. You, not you just, vetted, like. Right, vetted. Right. Like the people that work at the White House. Right. So the people that work at the White House, you know, obviously have to go through the most extensive background checks on the planet. They have to, you know, be drugged. They're all screened, just really, really screened to be the most credible people they can be. And hearing a ghost story that he interviewed the guy, and then he's like, would you say you were a believer before? And the guy's like, no. He's like, would you say you're a believer now? And the guy's like, yeah. And he goes, that to me is a good ghost story. And that was really compelling to hear an actual witness account. Yes, I love yeah. it. I love when people that actually heard something or saw something yeah. tell it to us. Especially about seeing Abraham Lincoln in the White House yeah. after he passed. That was cool. Yeah, no, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be pretty exciting. And, and um, so... That was an important part of the presentation, but he also has a children's book, which I bought for my classroom, called Who's Haunting the White House? And, uh, you know, another thing I like about Jeff is he understands that, you know, there's younger people who are going to be interested in ghost stories. He presents these stories to them in an appropriate way. Sure, and, and, and not yeah, even a, a, not a, non, a non-terrifying kind of way. Yeah, a non-terrifying like, kind of way. And um, he talked about how uh, when he wanted to do the book, he contacted the White House, and they're like, absolutely not. We don't want to be involved in anything about the ghost stories. And then he didn't take no for an, for an answer. In fact, he explained himself a little bit more and said, look, it's for kids, and it's a way to help them learn about the history. And I really feel that... that uh, being a teacher and being a folklorist, that, that ghost stories really help the history go down and they help it stick. You know, ghost stories are a way that we can remember the dead and, you know, the power of story. Uh, harness that power of story uh, so that people really remember those who have gone before. I think that's a good way to put it. It's good for kids to know, like, okay, Abraham Lincoln, when he, when, you know, when he was assassinated, he probably was kind of relieved I mean, come on, the Civil War, he's got to go through all that. Mary Todd Lincoln is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. You know, he, oh, come on. <laughs> so Abe was probably like, Todd. he's at the Ford Theater or whatever. He's like, oh, take me now. You know, <laughs> like, thank God, John Wilkes Booth. Uh, anyway, I don't, obviously not. But it was a great story, great presentation. And, uh, well, thank you for joining me, guys. Yeah, thank you. And we're going awesome. to come back uh, tomorrow and I'll give you guys some updates from day three. Day three of Dark Shores, Chicago uh, Ghost Convention. Woohoo! Allison and I are in the car on the way back, driving through Milwaukee. Oh, right now. going home? Yeah, we're oh. going back. So that's sad. It's always sad. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So day three. Yeah, I wasn't even going to come Sunday, but I had so much fun Saturday that yes, and the, I just wanted to keep it going. There was a masquerade ball at Chet's Melody Lounge, which yeah. is across the street from Resurrection, Resurrection Cemetery. Which is probably the uh, most famous Chicago ghost story of Resurrection Mary. That's right. Another phantom hitchhiker story. Like all those great stories across our our, our nation, yeah. but you know, yeah, the Resurrection fan- Mary, the Phantom Hitchhiker of you know Resurrection Cemetery. Like people drop, you know, she has people. Um, she gives them, you know, walking down the street, hitchhikes, and it's what, she dressed in like fifties clothes or what kind of clothes is she wearing? Oh, I think it was forties. Okay, I think like, it was dance hall era. Why? Yeah, I don't have my cheat notes in front of me. And so she gets in the car and gives the person directions to take her home, and it it just takes her to the cemetery, and then when they get by the cemetery, she disappears. That's right. Resurrection Mary. And so she's been seen a bunch, and Chet's Melody Lounge is right across the street, and that's where they had the masquerade ball last night, and that was pretty fun. It was great. I'd love to see all the different uh, costumes. It was, come as your favorite dead person. Um... So, so you know, maybe uh, Jeff Belanger likes beef a lot. Not really quite sure. Yeah, he came he as was, a cow. Came as a cow. That was entertaining. Um, and uh, we, we saw Beetleju- Beetlejuice there. Beetlejuice was a great, that was a, my favorite um, costume. We saw people from Fax Valley, uh, an investigative team there. Yes, the collaborative where, paranormal. Yes, society. and they were dressed as um, the, the great uh, Chicago... Chicago Circus, circus Yeah. So they had 
they had uh, various victims yeah, who were represented. Yeah, no, so, so fun karaoke and everybody did the time warp. I sang a couple <laughs> of songs. I couldn't yeah. get Allison to go up there and sing. Yeah, I was a little bit of a shy wallflower. We'll, we'll get her. We'll get it's her like, one of these days. It takes me a while to warm up. I almost did it after after Eddie. Shout out to Eddie. Good yeah. La Bamba. He's oh my God. It was so, it just really like warmed me right up. I, and uh, it had cleared out a lot by oh, then. Oh, yeah, by the... You could talk more and still sing. So uh, I wish... Uh, we actually ended up closing it down. Yeah. We... Which I <laughs> never, ever, ever do. But uh, it was fun. It was. It was a good time. And then today, it was, you know, woke up seven hours later or six hours later and then went right to the conference for the, the final day. And so who did we see today? There was uh, the first person um, was talking about. Oh, it was Dale Kazmarek? Yeah, Dale Kazmarek did an incredible job. Uh, his his investigative group uh, is in its 38th year. Yeah, so his invest has been around since as long as I've been alive. Right, the Ghost Research Society. So that was that was really good. Yeah, he, just, has, he has good EVPs. Yeah, EVPs, video clips, uh, even one from the Brumder Mansion in Milwaukee. That's, that's right. right. And uh, so that was he had a really well uh, researched slideshow. And so um, that was interesting. And then after that was a guy uh, from JewishGhosts.com, a rabbi from Green Bay. Came right, in Rabbi Sid. Rabbi Sid came in and talked about the Dybbuk. Yeah, and the and the Dybbuk box. And um, the Dybbuk is not really a, a devil or a demon or anything, but it's a kind of a spirit that attaches itself to you. Yeah, it's interesting how many parallels I found uh, today uh, talking about traditions of angry ghosts and how, uh, you know, the Dybbuk, like many of the others we heard about later on, uh, was a spirit of, of a person who was wronged in life and just couldn't let it go. Yeah, and met and so after JewishGhost.com, uh, they had an anthropologist come up. Oh, one more thing oh, about sure. the Jewish ghost. Uh, I took a few notes. It was super interesting. Uh, the thing about the Dybbuk is that the the name Dybbuk or the word Dybbuk means that which adheres. You know that it that again parallels to Buddhism in this idea of attachment that these spirits are so wronged in life and then they, they just can't let it go and then they attach to a person or um, to an artifact as in the case of the Dybbuk box, box and there's lots of information on on uh, that case online So, and there's even been a movie uh, Hollywood Eyes version of course but uh, we can still link to that in the show notes oh yeah and so uh, JewishGhost.com was interesting. Yeah. And then uh, an anthropologist came up and talked about a couple of different cultures and ghosts in those cultures, including yeah. the Kung of yeah. South Africa. They have a, they, they're the ones that make the clicking noises. I love the clickers. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite. And if you ever see the Gods Must Be Crazy, that's the people represented in the Gods Must Be Crazy, which is a... Uh, I mean, a, a great movie from a great comedy from the '80s about a Coke bottle falling from the sky and totally screwing up this um, this uh, life of a kung uh, life of a kung tribe tribesman. Yes. So, yeah. So Scott Cashman was uh, the anthropologist that was uh, speaking, and uh, he talked about many different cultures and their beliefs. But so he talked about them. He talked about the Vietnamese. And uh, he also talked about um, the people of East Timor. Yes, you know, like East Timor. East Timor. That's right. Of the, uh, the different cultures. And the thing that in Indonesia. Had, the thing they all had in common was that they thought that illness comes from spirits, comes from right. dead people. So illness comes from dead people. And then also dead people are angry about being dead. And that's why <laughs> they want to screw with you. And that they're ancestral ghosts. So it's not... Uh, there, there were um, some of those cultures did have an idea of ghosts could be benevolent or malevolent, but but some did not. Some uh, like I believe the the Kung. Um, <laughs> that's right. More clicks. We need more clicks in our language. I would love some clicks. Just saying. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So so the I think that culture in South Africa. They believe that ghosts were 
malevolent. You know, that's just what happens to you when you die. That that you're lonely, you're angry about being dead, you're upset about something that your family member did, and you want them to join join you in the afterlife so that you can yell at them. <laughs> so, you, so you make them sick. Yes. And it's because you want them to join you in the in the hereafter. Yeah, so that was, that was interesting. What a revelation. I, I thought, yeah. And, um, and after him uh, was, I think, the final presentation of the day, right? Well, don't forget Mary Marshall. Oh, he was yeah, in the, there, too. The paranormal MD. And also, don't forget st- uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. So, uh, so Mary Marshall also presented during the day. And she's and like a, she's a uh, medical doctor. I that, believe so. Yeah, yeah. MD. MD right? means medical doctor. And, but and she does paranormal stuff. Yeah, she was talking about quantum physics and how it might relate to the paranormal. So that was very mind-expanding. And, and she had some uh, great slides with uh, just really fun uh, optical illusions. Yeah. That really brought the presentation alive. And um, then there, there was a, a trailer for a film that's about halfway through production now. It's a, document, a documentary about um, the book series called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Now, I, I think I'd heard of it, but I'd never... I was too... I think I was too old by the time it came out. Yeah, and I, I'm a teacher, so I have seen the books, but I wasn't that interested in, in them because, you know, sure, I like horror fiction in, you know, like TV and movies, but I don't really read horror fiction. I read horror fact. I'm interested right, non-fiction. In, in nonfiction having to do with the paranormal, not made-up stories. But uh, the interesting thing was... was uh, that you know the books also will source the material to folklore or to Ur- haunted urban, legends, hi- urban le- legends, haunted history, and and put them in this social context. So now I want to now I want to read a little bit of scary stories to you know to tell in the dark and see what it's all about. Yeah, I mean I really would be excited to talk to talk to him more because you know he was talking about how uh, it's really been like. The series has been um, arguably the most banned book yeah, of all saying, time, yeah, and I, I, mean, I, yeah, you know, I hate the idea of banning books and stuff like that. But like, probably why it's banned is that because the kids read it, scares the crap out of them, and then you know, and the parents get mad. The parents are like, oh god, like don't have this book in the library because it's going to scare my kid too much. Yeah, so the it was really. Uh, uh, mind expanding to think like about that question I mean should we be banning books is there a time when it's appropriate so I'd like to talk to uh, I'd like to talk to the person that was there promoting the the, uh, movie Kobe uh, Merrick some more about that in the future we can do that and then uh, the the last presentation was by uh, one of uh, Ursula from Chicago Ghosts tour guides Clarence about the Serial killer history of Chicago. Yeah, and that was really well researched. Yeah, really deep. And wonderful historical pictures. There was more on H. H. Holmes and his murder castle. Right. Uh, we talked. We mentioned the Devil in the White City yesterday. Um, There's a woman uh, who had killed a bunch of her husbands and lovers and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, who, who um, built like the rural equivalent to the murder castle. It was like more of the murder barn that she yeah, built. Right, murder but barn. still as terrifying. And uh, what I thought was interesting was he classified serial killers into like three different uh, kinds. So there's serial killers like uh, in, the, in the late 19th century up until like 1950 most of the serial killers would kill people and like try to get the insurance money yeah so, and, and uh, poisonings and poisonings uh, you mentioned the the just phenomenal book by uh, Deborah Blom and there's also an American experience about it uh, if you love pu- public television like I do and uh, yeah so definitely that that book talks about the modern forensics age and how that came about to to foil the plans of these poisoners who were getting away with murder literally just left and right in the, the 1800s. Yeah, so that was cool. And um, and also, so in the 1950s through like 2000, 
the serial killer is what we traditionally think of as a serial killer, which is somebody who gets their kicks by killing somebody, you know, something sexual, uh, like Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that, yeah. or, or Ted Bundy, you know, the kind of person that, that kills because they, they love it and they want to, you know, hurt people. And then the third type of serial killer would be someone that kills for political motivation. Uh, like the, um, remember in Washington, D.C. and Maryland a couple of years back, or may, it was probably 13 years ago now, mm-hmm. when I was working at the TV station, was when it was really going, uh, in 2001, uh, the sniper. Yes, or, or what about Ted uh, Kaczynski and the mail bombing? Yeah, so that's yeah. so kind of a... So it was interesting that he like classified. I never thought of like the, there were different. You know, I, I always thought different types of serial killers. But oh, that and you the anthrax in the mail. We forgot about that. Yeah, but that you could you know kind of classify it there. So uh, we left when uh, that glass presentation was almost over because it was time to head back and that's right. Head back. So anyway, uh, Allison. So what was your final? What was your final thing? Um, thoughts on the conference? Well, I just thought it was a fascinating opportunity to to meet a lot of people who you know really have put a lot of themselves into a haunted history mm-hmm. and have done some incredible work and research and to just learn from them I, I thought that that was the highlight for me yeah and I uh, I really enjoyed meeting all the people you know and all the people interested in the paranormal I love it when it's all weird people in a place at once like that's <laughs> <laughs> to me, that is very... It was ex- like weirdo Christmas. It is. It's very exciting to meet all those interesting kind of people. And I had fun last night when everybody let loose at the uh, masquerade ball. You know, um, that, and, you know that's my kind of... You know, it's a little more my kind of party. And uh, that was, it, just was a, it had a good feeling and nice people. And uh, I can't wait to come back next year. Aw, doesn't that sound like fun? This is Wendy. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend the Dark Shores convention, but I'd like to thank Mike, Allison, and Stephanie for doing a fine job of covering the event and really making me feel like I wish that I would have been there because I missed out on a lot. But there's always 2016, so I'll look forward to that. Since the event took place in Chicago, this week's song is inspired by the infamous murderer and serial killer, H.H. Holmes. It's written from the perspective of the man himself, so try to imagine him singing this. Hmm. The song is called Murder Castle. for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. That was just Google. It's just Google. How do I turn it off?